What's going on, everyone? Welcome to a Friday edition of Back Your Play with Q. As always, I'm your host, Rich Quinones, from our good friends at Scoots Liquors on 206 and our very good friends at Played Against Sports, 1450 Clements Bridge Road. All right, we got our good friend, our college sports insider, Nick Costco, at Nick Costco 59 from On3 Sports. And, of course, are you wrestling? Cal Athletics down the Jersey Shore, The Voice and the man, the myth, the legend, he's trimmed down, right? I mean, looking good. I saw you tried to pan over to the pooch before. We're not going to do that live, but it does seem like you're a much more grounded man right now because you have a dog. <laughs> that's that's right. I'm hopefully just chew my foot or chew my wires or chew the tape. I'm trying to give her a bone down there, but you know, she's part of the uh, studio crew today. <laughs> How's everything, pal? Everything's good, man. It's summertime, so we're laying low, gearing back up for football season over at On Three. You know, can't really. Do too much right now other than taking a wacky news cycle. And obviously, uh, you know, the college football season really never stops at this yeah. point. Yeah. And I want to kind of dive into uh, the crux of it for this segment on the show today. You know, the whole situation with Northwestern, which uh, brings up again the hazing incidents of years past in college football. This time they fire their head coach, uh, Pat Fitzgerald, which I know a lot of people will think, all right. You know, you're kind of going into the slippery slope here a couple of days after releasing results of an investigation into hazing allegations with the program. But then people are saying, wait a second, you're going to terminate someone on cause. And yet you really don't know what that cause or the said incidences are. Um, I believe and I go back to many moons ago with the whole Sandusky, Paterno and Penn State. When you're a prominent head football coach whether it's Penn State, whether it's Northwestern, whether it doesn't matter, you know exactly what's going on at your college campus, right? Whether you're privy to it, whether you're part of it, or you're turning a blind eye. Um, look, I, I get the aftermath of this, Nick, with the lawsuits and everything and wrongful termination, but it just seems as though there is such a major disconnect in this university. And then they turn around, what, a day or two later, and I believe they fired the baseball coach. Yeah, that's correct. And it was a, I would say it's a wild week plus already for Northwestern. You know, I, I take, I took it from a wrestling perspective before any of this stuff even came out, how uh, the wrestling program was built up quite well in the big 10, the premier wrestling conference. And all of a sudden you have a couple of guys get out of there via, via grad transfers. Of course, you know, the grad transfers, so they have more than the right to leave, of course, but then this football stuff comes out and this is where you're looking at what is going on here with the hazing, the allegations, the story that came out. I mean, you look at the details of what allegedly happened. You're like, that's not hazing. Hazing to me, Rich. I mean, I, I mean, I play high school football. I play high school sports. I did even. I, I did a little bit in college as well. Hazing is where you make the freshmen carry the Gatorade coolers. You make the freshmen carry all the pads. 100%. You know, you maybe play a couple pranks here and there. Like, oh, I misplaced something in my locker. That that's pretty much it. I mean, this this stuff goes beyond that, and you know, it's. Obviously, it's borderline. Maybe it is abuse. I mean, depending on what actually happened, you know, we're going on based on the the alleged hazing. So, it's it's sad. It's disturbing if this has been going on for more than let's just say the past couple of years, or even just say, say six months. And you know, you mentioned how Pat Fitzgerald, I guess, claimed that he was, I guess, blissfully unaware that any of this was going on. You know, what's going on. I don't care if you were involved in it. If you say. If it was his idea or he just kind of let it happen, either yeah. way, you have to be aware of what's going on. Is his termination uh, warranted? Yeah, I would say so. Did Northwestern handle it properly? No, I don't think so. As you say, we're going to suspend him for two weeks without pay. And then you come around a couple of days later and say, 
all right, we're actually are going to fire you. And then the same thing happened with the baseball coach, Jim Foster. You know, that was that was a creation of a toxic environment. That, that, that That's what was quoted. And apparently, at least reportedly, that was going to be a firing. He was going to get fired before the Pat Fitzgerald stuff happened. So it, it's a mess right now at Northwestern. Yeah, so, and again, for clarity and full context, hazing took place centered around a phrase called running, where according to former um, to a former player, student athlete that made the mistake in practice would be restrained by a group of eight to 10 upperclassmen dressed in various purge-like masks who would then begin, quote, dry humping the victim in a dark locker room. Um, listen, that's not carry my water jug, go wash my cleats, wash my shorts, take the, the, the jock strap. That That's not. And, you know, we kind of chuckle and it's not to make light of it, but it's like, come on, man, are you that tone deaf? Like, we're going to play that game, really? And it's now, you mentioned the baseball coach, right? Um, but here's the problem. My my concern with this is that you're still keeping the coaching staff on the football team in place. So you're basically now sidestepping the major elephant in the room, and that's the culture, by allowing them to still be part of this program going forward. Right, and that doesn't make any sense, dude. I'm pretty sure it was just – it just came down, I think, or within the last hour or two, that uh, David Braun's the new interim head coach, and he just got elevated. So at yep. least Northwestern's doing the thing of, well, we're going to slap the interim tag on him. So this is not the permanent decision for Northwestern. But it's amazing to me, like if you're the head coach and you are not aware of this, you are aware of this. I mean, you know what's going on in your program. It's amazing to me how you don't just clean house right away. Now, granted, could that destroy your football program's continuity and just cause a mass exodus of players to leave the program? Sure, but here's, what's, here, here's what, what would happen anyway. That that could have happened anyway because this team has won three games in the past two years. So it's like Fitzgerald gets fired over the, the alleged hazing when Northwestern, again, I know Pat Fitzgerald was, a, was there for nearly two decades and he's a Northwestern guy. But you could have made the argument that he should have been gone anyway based on their performance the last yeah. two years. And I get this. This is a guy that's led this team to two Big Ten championship games, yeah. albeit losses. But the past two years have not been friendly to Northwestern on the football field. So you can make a justification. He should have been out anyway based on the performance of his football team. And then you throw this behind the scenes. I mean, you need. I think at this point you need to totally clean house and just reshape how the program is molded. And you need a totally new culture at this point. Yeah, and they had success. 2008, 2020, right? They had a nice record, uh, top 25 finishes, right? A couple uh, bowl game appearances as well, but it's what have you done for me lately? And here's the other problem. The other domino effect of this is when you start to have some of these uh, players that now all of a sudden want to decommit, right? Peyton Stewart, Julius Tate, they turned around, they committed, decommitted on social media. You almost, it's, it's as if, like a pro franchise that keeps going through head coaches or maybe that quarterback carousel, you don't want to be a part of it. So if you're a young kid and you think this might be my shot to play college football, I mean, is it, you know, the risk to reward? Do I want to go to this university now and have to deal with this nonsense who maybe the interim coach isn't there after a year? Right. And I, I at this point, what do you expect out of this football team this year? I don't know if you could say – well, all of a sudden this team is going to be totally different because Fitzgerald's gone. And I, I I only say that because 
if Fitzgerald knew what was going on, and again, we have to use if because there's nothing confirmed out there. He says yep, he, he says point. he wasn't aware of what was going on. And you look at what is alleged by former players, you don't know what was going on behind closed doors. I really think this team is going to be – this is like one of those football teams that you're just going to beat up on this year, and players are going to say, you know what, we're going to try. Maybe we'll try for this new guy. Is there really going to be a culture shift with the same staff in place? I'm not really sure. And it's interesting you brought, you brought up some guys already decommitting. I found a fascinating example, which could actually have a domino effect. Now, this is just one example, of course, but you talk about affecting multiple programs within a school. This guy, Dylan Johnson, he's he was the top or one of the top heavyweight wrestling recruits in the entire country, two-sport athlete committed to Northwestern. So for the wrestling program, you look at, you're going to get one of the best pound-for-pound pound guys in the country. He's a three-star defensive lineman prospect, but still he's a guy who's been able to play both sports in college. He decommitted and he flipped to Wisconsin. He's wow. staying in the Big Ten, and you're looking at, wow, the wrestling program just lost a ginormous recruit because of the football program. So I don't know how this is going to affect other programs in the school. I know it obviously affected wrestling just right off the bat right there, but what kind of message does this send to the rest of the athletic department when – your football program's a mess right now based on these allegations. Now your baseball program seems to be a mess after a down season, 10, 10 and 40, if I do, if I do, uh, if memory serves correctly. And yet now you have two coaches fired. So yeah. I, I really need to question where, where does it, how far has this trickled down from the top of the administration to all these programs? And again, it's, it's all about mentoring, right? You want to mentor these kids. You, you want them to get an education first and foremost. I'm not trying to be, that guy, right? The old man on the porch, but it is what it is. I mean, ultimately with these big time college and universities go out, be successful, win on the field. We know that let's not sugarcoat it. But again, as you mentioned, as you illustrated perfectly, I mean, look, you start to have players kind of decommit and all, all of a sudden now you're already a watered down product over the last couple of seasons. You're not even going to play competitive football. Now, the other thing is, is at, at this moment, I would say no, but you know, sell me on this being actually a nice um, stepping stone for maybe a young assistant coach to maybe have an opportunity to be a head coach or, you know, what what would be appealing right now about this potential uh, job as a head coach? Because, again, quite frankly, it, it seems as though you just need to fix the culture. And and I don't know. I mean, you know, do you look at an old school guy? Do you give a young and up? And, I, I don't know. I mean, it's just you know, sell me on, hey, wait a second, Northwestern, they were pretty good for about, you know, 13 years, except for the last couple. This is a good landing spot for someone. I mean, on the surface, it's a power five job, right? It's in the yes. Big Ten. The Big Ten is obviously getting a lot of recognition lately because of the expansion coming next year with UCLA and USC coming in. And essentially, the Big Ten is trying to maintain their position in an arms race with the SEC. So you're looking at out of the power five, those are the two conferences that are taking the lead amongst college athletics. Now, is this a good job for somebody? I really have no idea, to be honest with you, because, again, you're looking at a team. I mean, the Big Ten will do away with divisions next year, but you're looking at a, a football program that it was bottom in the Big Ten West. And we're talking about the Big, about, about the Big Ten West, Rich. So they're going to be in the Big Ten West again this year. Yeah. They're going to probably be at the bottom once again, a, a team that are a division that, that's going to be run by a school like Wisconsin, you know, yep. Luke Fickle comes in, takes over that program. Nebraska might be on the up and up with Matt Rule there as well. I saw some names thrown out there. And I thought a very interesting one, as you mentioned, young guys maybe would have to take over this program to maybe 
shift that culture into let's just call it the 21st century at this point. Patrick oh, Michelle's been there for almost 20 or was there for almost 20 years. I saw Tommy Reese's name thrown out there, the Alabama offensive coordinator who hasn't even started for Alabama yet because he just was hired right. from over from Notre Dame. So he hasn't even had a first season yet under Nick Saban. So maybe a guy like that, another young coach that maybe I can't think of off the top of my head right now. Maybe that's the type of guy that you need to take over this program and see what you can do, build a new culture. But it, it, right now it just remains to be seen. Yeah, those are good points. Uh, Nick Costco joining us. Follow him on Twitter at Nick Costco. 59 College Sports for On3 Sports, voice of RU Rustling. Of course, Cal Live Sports in our backyard. Um, yeah, I just think, you know, you get to this point where now we'll have people define what is hazing, right? Because when you have former players come out or current players come out and they want to defend the head coach and say this was a mistake, you know, he's a good guy. He didn't know it's on us. Um, then that's where we get in that slippery slope, right? I And again, I, I have to keep going back to the Paterno issue because Joe Paterno knew if you spit on the sidewalk, right? So let's not, you know, don't give me the babe in the woods type of routine here and and play dumb, if you will, if I can take the, the phrase from uh, Goodfellas. You want to take right? it from Goodfellas right yeah. there. I know what you're doing. But it's interesting you bring that up too because – you know, Joe Pa knew everything that was going on when he was at Penn State. And obviously that, that that's the worst of the scandals that's happened recently, of course. But you look at this and you see how players defend him. I guess you can do that because that was their personal experience. And if the players want to say, well, the hazing's on us, it's not on the coaching staff or it's not on Pat Fitzgerald or both. But how does that hazing start? Does one random player just come in and say, hey, I have a bright idea. Let's do X, Y, and Z. That's well beyond hazing what traditional old school hazing is, which we mentioned before, carry the, carry the water jug, carry my pads, you know, yeah. do, you know, you, you have to take notes from me in class or something like that's, that's hazing. It's not what, what you mentioned in these, in these uh, reports and, these, uh, and what allegedly happened, what starts that culture. It has to come down from the head coach. I can't see how a player could implement something like that to make it. I, I hate to use the word tradition, but how does a player, get other guys to rally around that if that culture is not already in place or it's being influenced on That's these guys. Point. Again, 18 to 23-year-olds, they're going to do a bunch of dumb things. And we impressionable. impressionable. Yeah, right. Too. So, But where does this come from? Where are they hearing this from? Are they hearing it from other players? Are those other players hearing it from other coaches at other institutions? Do these coaches talk about this? I mean, for all we know, Rich, some of these coaches could go – you know, ex coach from from uh, a school could call another coach from B school and say, "Hey, what do you do to get team camaraderie? What do you do to get you know, right. you know earn your place as a freshman?" Yeah. We we have no idea. Yeah, and and like I said, I only gave the gist of some of the instances uh, that went on, as you alluded to. It's not like the hazing, you know, the forties, fifties, sixties, seventies, eighties, right? I mean, come on. I mean, after a while, it's just. I mean, you read through these details, and you're right. I mean, ultimately. You have to consider the source, and typically you have to look at who's manning the controls, right? Is it God act, you know, an act of God, or is it pilot error? And in this case, I mean, it's it's the head coach's job to keep order in-house, period. Um, now, if they find that he was wrongfully terminated, is, is Pat Fitzgerald right now untouchable when it comes to the coaching ranks? I mean, he very well could be. I can't see him getting another job anytime soon. Now, of course, everyone makes the old joke, you know, oh, okay, these fire coaches, whether it's controversy, scandal, 
not really something like this, but oh, they're going to pop up in Alabama as a Nick Saban's, you know, off the field analyst. You know what I mean? So I, I can't see him being no, no, nobody in good conscience, in especially this day and age, could say we need to make him a head coach again of our program. Right. Now, is it do I? I can't really compare. It is apples to oranges, but I can't really compare it to the Art Brile situation. That's totally different. You know, I, that that was a long history of sexual assault with, within that program, and he obviously knew about it, covered it up. Or, you know, based on all the reports and alleged activity over there. And he became a high school coach and he was about to come back into the college ranks and some or, or doing some other jobs. And people said, no, this guy's untouchable. He's toxic. We can't bring him in there. And that might be the same thing with Pat Fitzgerald. If, if you're found guilty or it comes out now that you are the catalyst for all of this toxic culture within your football program, you are going to be untouchable. You, no, no institution of higher learning is going to be able to say, this is a leader of young men that can produce quality grown men in the real world whether it's in the nfl or it's in a different job yeah do you do you foresee i don't know if you have it in front of you i'm not trying to put you on the spot here but you you mentioned we already talked maybe about three players decommitting um can you see more of a stream of players turning around i mean we're already in mid-july you know august is right around the corner i mean it very well could happen just because that you have to do what's best for you at this point. And that's what college sure. athletics has straight has uh, gone towards at this point. Now we are late in the summer, so to speak. So it might affect guys eligibility at this point. Again, I don't have it right in front of me, but I mean, based on the uh, announcement today, I think if we saw more of a mass exodus, we would have seen it already. Maybe, maybe they were waiting to see what they would do at the head coaching position. Maybe they have to wait till they actually find the next head coach, but I don't think there's going to be a total mass exodus. I think it's going to kind of stay in place, um, at least as of right now. But I could see more guys saying, you know what, we're going to leave. But it might more it might happen more on the recruiting side of things where these high school kids are like, we can't do this anymore. Well, or their yeah, and their parents turn around and say, you're not absolutely going to- yeah. And it obviously comes down. You know, that's the most important part. I forgot about yeah. the parents. You know, they're going to say, I don't want my guy go. I don't want my kid going to that school. Yeah. And you know, they're probably saying the same thing about the baseball program right now at this point. So, and again, how I mentioned how it trickles down to the programs. If you have two of your major programs in the school, football and baseball. Thank God this isn't basketball. Otherwise there'd be a huge problem on the hand, on their hands Head as loss. well. But it's like, if that's happening in those two programs, how do, how do the other coaches think 100%. in men's and women's sports? You know, what, what kind of institution is this? And, and they're going to be more scrutinized, obviously. Um, and it's a good point with these young kids too, because ultimately, right. The parents are cutting the check um, for tuition. Um, you know, I saw these reports out there that, uh, Coach O might have some interest. Uh, come on, man. <laughs> yeah, we had we saw conflicting reports with that too. So apparently, again, that the uh, the student newspaper over there at Northwestern apparently who uh, broke the original story, they got a tip that he might be interested, and then Bruce Feldman of Fox Sports said he talked to him and he wasn't interested. So, I mean, who knows? Where there's smoke, there's fire. I don't think somebody would feed him that if it wasn't remotely true but you never know again the student newspaper remember they got duped i mean they did a great job breaking the fitzgerald story themselves so props yeah. to the students over there but you know sometimes you know, that information kind of gets through the weeds and you play a game of telephone all of a sudden you get bad information but i mean i i'd be about it i mean but i think even coach orgeron might be a little not untouchable but you know the 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 flame out at LSU and then all the off the field stuff that came out about his tenure. I, I think yeah, exactly. it was like, yeah, we we need somebody else. We can't have go wildcats over here. That's, that's what I'm, I mean, just sometimes we're just uh, people are very uh, tone deaf, uh, as we know. Uh, football, 
Friday college version edition of uh, BYP Costco. Checking all over. Look at him. He's got eyes roaming. The dogs must be running. He's uh, no, I know. Yeah, she she, she got a hold like of a my DC. shoe. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to throw out the window you're, right now. Right? Oh my goodness. Defensive back. You're a roamer. Maybe the Joker <laughs> position, the linebacker. Um, I was a I was a lineman. I can't, I was never. There you go. Uh, follow Nick on uh, Twitter at Nick Costco 59 or Friday edition of BYP. As I mentioned, scoots liquors and our good friends over played against sports. Um, what do you have cooking this week? And I know I, I would imagine uh, on three sports aside another couple weeks, you guys start to crank it up with uh, high school sports. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, at on three, you know, we're patiently waiting for college football to get going uh, in August again. And then for the high school st- side of things for me at Cape Atlantic Live, uh, we're just uh, rolling out some podcasts uh, right now on Cal One on One. That's our name of our show. Of course, check it out, Cape Atlantic Live on YouTube. So just interviewing a lot of the coaches in the area. We just had Frank Rigatano on, Middle Township head coach. Looking forward to seeing what the uh, Panthers can do this year. We also had Lance Bailey on recently from Lower Cape May. And, of course, some of the other Atlanta County schools, such as uh, Andrew DePasquale from Holy Spirit. Uh, who else did we have off the top of my head? Um, uh, new head coach, Rob Davis, over at EHT. Uh, had him on as well. So we'll bang out a couple more of those before the high school season starts, which I can't believe it's already starting in about five weeks, yeah. <laughs> five, five, six weeks, give or take. So we're doing a lot of mainland football this year, uh, maybe some other games of the week. We'll see how it goes, but looking forward to it. You know, summer's great, but once football season gets a little bit closer, you're like, all right, let's speed up August here. You know what yeah, I mean? Right. Instead of me having to watch a NFL replay on NFL network, I'm going to yeah, like too many uh, NFL classic games from uh, 2007 from uh, week 12, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, the other day I made the misfortune of flipping on my buddies were texting me oh there's a classic game on right now it's 2010 the giants and the eagles and i refuse oh, of course yeah, I, yeah no, that, f- funny enough it's on my dvr now <laughs> yeah that's that's i'm like no i don't i don't i i no that's fine give me you give me 2011 giants packers i'm fine with that totally you know, fine you know, yeah but no, not 2010 eagles giants no, we I, can't have that. to this day i will not watch that game at all I won't. Oh, I saw it I once. Still, I mean, I still. I, I mean, I still remember uh, telling my father not to go out yet, like because he thought the game was going overtime. I said, "You just you wait, just wait till Deshaun Jackson returns the punt." And sure enough, that that, that was the end of the game. <laughs> we got a couple more weeks before we get into the NFL. No, I know we can't. We, we can't go too back and forth yet. No, yeah, I, we'll, not, we'll, not, we'll, not, we'll save the ammo for a little while. I, I would always appreciate that. Um, all right, and as always, we appreciate you jumping on a Friday edition of BYP. We'll talk next week, pal. Appreciate you. Absolutely, Rich. Appreciate you, man.